Hello, and Happy New Year. Welcome to a very special episode of the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast. This is Mostly Normal Gamers podcast episode 154. We have been doing our first recording in the new year with the whole team here. So we were recording on Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. I am your host, Chris, the Salty Sternum. Today I am joined by the illustrious John Swanson. John, how have you been? I feel like I haven't seen you in... A long I'll time. leave it up to the listeners to go tell us how many episodes. I know, right? I only host with James now these days. Uh, I know you pick favorites. <laughs> that's not a title. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm good, thank you. Minus, Wonderful. Well, I hate to be the one who comments on the weather, but I was just saying I have to go scoop more snow after we're done with this because that's all it does here. Right, Angie? Yep. Minnesota, they call it. Mm-hmm. I think we've got we got a foot where I'm at. Oh, we only have like a centimeter in beautiful Madison, Wisconsin today. Um, yeah. If that. And you, you didn't get ice either. Sorry. We're doing very well on the weather front. <laughs> we also have James, yeah, the CEO of BLP. The CEO. Yes. Well, going, you know, James? it's good. It's a new year. I've already started typing the date wrong, so that's fun. Um, I have not yet. I think I started typing it wrong last year at the end of the year in anticipation of it being this year. I just, yeah, I don't know what it is. I do a lot of like, like I'll do file names and I always start my files with the year, uh, month date. And so they all line up in proper order and, Mm. uh, and, uh, yeah, so it's just like my, my muscle memory is 2022. And it's going to take me four months to break that muscle memory. So I'm doing great. <laughs> it's not causing you an existential crisis at all. Uh, now I'm good. <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, speaking of snowy weather, we have Angie Stellar Smalls. Angie, what's up? Uh, not too much. Apparently, I'm just ignoring you guys. So apologize for that. <laughs> Nobody What's can blame new? you for that. <laughs> John, mostly. Half our listeners do it too. <laughs> I'm kidding. That was that was rude of me. Amazing. Well, before we jump into the lowdown, I do want to just give a special thank you um, to everyone for sticking with the podcast in 2022. Uh, this goes to everyone who's listening, but also to the three co-hosts that are, are gracing me with their presence today. Um, to the listeners, the show would not be the same without you. To you three, uh, we literally wouldn't have a show without each of you and what you bring to the table. So I'm just looking forward to more great conversations with everyone throughout 2023. With my mushy New Year's message out of the way, it's time for the lowdown. If you want to be a part of the conversation, or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, you can reach us on Twitter at Podcast. If you don't tweet, and I would not blame you, you can send us an email the old-fashioned way, to podcast at MostlyNormalGamers.com. MostlyNormalGamers.com, that's our website. Go check it out. You can sign up for our newsletter, Mostly Normal Monthly, at MNGamers.Substack.com. That's where you can find the back issues from when we actually published it. Will I put out a Game of the Year list on it this week? Who knows? And then finally, you can leave us a voicemail or text at our Google Voice line, 507-291-2991. 
with that, off to the races for Game of the Year Conversation 2022. Uh, I just wanted to do a quick check-in with everyone. What did everyone think of the year of games 2022? Uh, I, I'll start with James because he's at the top of my screen. James, just overall thoughts, thumbs up, thumbs down, high, low, Buffalo year for video games. <laughs> I think it was- By the first, first, first of all, I just got to say, you're all wrong. Uh, God of the War Ragnarok is the best game of the year. So before we even get started. Okay. Nice. I haven't even played it. Calm All right. Excellent. Down. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Thank now you. that we got that out of the way, you can go ahead. Is it my turn to speak yet, John? I guess. <laughs> I, I I thought last year was phenomenal. And I like I don't think it's like what was it, 2017, which was like just a banger after banger year. But I I think that this year is like right up there with like it started off strong with like so many hits that we couldn't keep up with it then we had a summer of just a nice trickle like of like oh this is a good game this month this is a good game this month and then we finished off the year with like another like oh hey here's like a just jam-packed with a bunch of really cool games um albeit some of them did like performance issues and stuff like that uh, a little bit rushed maybe but we're not going to point fingers or, or name names but uh not yet um no <laughs> not yet but uh yeah so some, maybe pokemon could take a little bit longer in the in the oven but that's all i'll say but other than that i think it was a phenomenal year and i think awesome. this year coming up is looking pretty pretty heated as well oh uh John, where Wait, first, first of all, are we going to get back to what you were talking about before? At some point, just what just you were thoughts. alluding to, James? Uh, what, I, what were you? What, what was he alluding to? We'll I mean, talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, oh, all right then. Fair yeah. enough. Um, yeah, I, I'm with James. I thought it was a pretty good year. Like I don't, despite the fact, like I was saying before we got started recording, like I, oh, I did not play nearly as many games as I thought I would have. Um, but I, I kind of like being able to mix things in. I'm like James said, I don't think it was like a 2017 year or anything like that or 2018 year even, but it was still a solid year, which I think is the best you can hope for. Cause then you don't feel inundated. Like you got to keep up all the time. Um, which actually was kind of nice, I think, but yeah, good year. Thumbs up. Andy, how about you? What do you think of just the overall feel on the year here? I um, I feel like it's been a decent year of things being released. I feel like there's just a lot of those games I was unable to play, like a couple being um, Horizon Forbidden West. I really wanted to play that, but I don't have a PlayStation. And uh, God of War Ragnarok. I heard that was a really good game from a lot of people. Um, and a lot of people explaining the story of that too. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could play that. Um, those being t- two top ones I haven't been able to play, but wanted to. So, but besides all of that business, yeah, I feel like it was an overall good year, not extravagant, but good, good overall game release year. I'm excited for what the this year will bring too. I'm excited for one very specific thing that this year will bring. Me and you, buddy. I know what you're talking about. Psychic link. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think 2022 
is one of the best years of video games. There were too many good ones for me to check out. I credit Game Pass with my ability to have played as many as I did. And even with how good of a year it was, I still hyper fixated on Hearthstone for like five months. So, <laughs> uh, nice. but yeah, I think it was incredible. And like, I don't know, I just knowing that whenever I want, if I want the inferior experience of playing it on my PS4, I could just go play God of War Ragnarok and know I'll have a spectacular time. Cause I, it sounds like they're hitting on par with the first one. Like, I don't know. It's pretty incredible that, you know, the conversation can even become you're wrong about game of the year and the year of Elden Ring to me, but that's for later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we already took care of it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, uh, anyway. uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> if, if that does it for our show today, you can find us on Twitter yeah, at exactly. Games Podcast. Um, with that, so overall thoughts, everyone's pretty positive on the year. I think with there being so many games, it's hard not to be positive on the year, right? I think everyone could probably find a couple of games that really were like singing for them, uh, if not tens of games that were really just spectacular this year. So that's really, really fantastic and cool. Um, I do want to talk about how we chose our list of the top games of the year, because that's what we're going to do this episode. We're going to kind of run down our lists. Um, and so, you know, everyone kind of makes a list differently. And uh, I figured why not kind of explain how how we made them. Um, I'll go first since I'm yammering. I limited my top five to games that came out this year. I played plenty of games that didn't come out this year, but I, I could actually pull five games that came out this year that I think actually honestly topped my list when I put the games I really enjoyed in order this year, which I think is pretty incredible. And is also part of the reason I think it's such a strong year for games that my top of my list was all 2022 games. Um, so that's that's kind of how I shook things out. Um, John, any insight into how you threw together your list? Not really. As I've mentioned, I feel like numerous times now, I haven't played nearly as many games as I would have wished to um, this last year. I, th- I guess maybe I dipped my hands into a lot of games, like Game Pass does that to you also. Um, but I guess I didn't finish as many as I would have hoped to. So to be honest, like the five games that I've chosen to be on the top and my one honorable mention are like the games that I finished and at least enjoyed. Um, mostly that's not because that's not to say like I'm scraping together a list, but I really only played games that I was pretty stoked to play this year, I guess. Brad. Yeah. But yeah. They all come from 2022. I think uh, technically, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not technically. Whatever the opposite of technically is, theoretically. Flirting with the line there a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Now I need to Google search antonym for <laughs> for technically. <laughs> um, Angie, how did you come up with your list of top games for the year? Literally just the ones I was able to play. Because I, I, I can't speak on the ones I haven't played, right? I mean, I've heard these ones are good, but I can't say my opinion on them realistically. I think that would be rude. But so I just went to the ones that I've played and what my thoughts upon them. Um, so yeah, that's basically how I did that. Red. 
Uh, James, we've already lavished praise on you for how many games you played this year offline, I think. So how did you parse down your your massive list of games that you checked out into to your top five here? What what were the criteria for you? I think they were the top games. I chose the top games this year that exceeded my expectations. Um, these are my personal favorites, so it's not just crowd pleasers. I'm not just picking what John wants to hear. Um, I But what I would like to say, though, is I personally think the game of the year should go to the game that remains like that is a that stays in like the zeitgeist of gaming for a, like the year of what what we just experienced. Right. So 2022, I truly believe that Elden Ring is the game of the year just because of what it did to like games media and all of the people playing it that don't normally play those games. And I'm not saying this as like a, a huge as fan of <laughs> as, as a huge fan of from soft games. Um, I'm just saying this as like from a very, like I truly believe the year that like, what was it? Uh, 2020 when animal crossing came out, I think animal mm. crossing was honestly the game of the year that year. Was it the best game that came out? No, not in the long shot, but I think it was the game that represented gaming that year. Uh, but that's just 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 where I, I picked personal favorites, just so everybody knows. Mm. Okay. Um, with that, drum roll, please. We're going to start with an honorable mention. Just one game that didn't quite make it into the top of your list. It can be from a different year. It can be a near miss. It can have a super memorable moment that you just want to shout out. Um, and I will start with John because he's at the top of my list. Oh, um, I'll go with Horizon Forbidden West. Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah, it was a good game, but I think the story is cool and I'm excited to see what they do with the next one. But I also thought it was like way too long in the tooth and um, went the route of like an Assassin's Creed game where there was just way too much to do. And to this, I think there's going to be DLC for it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And uh, the VR2 thing. Um, so I just, like, I finished that game and got the platinum. So obviously I enjoyed it thoroughly, but I just think they could have, like, they overscoped it. I feel like they could have trimmed it down a good bit and still had a really good game um, without feeling overwhelmed. And it took me like 60. Actually, I just had my thing up and then deleted it so but it took me a really really long time to get the platinum like 60 that, hours so. to platinum it i mean that sorry i was about to make an Elden ring joke it's like that sounds really easy to do yeah right <laughs> but i mean the other thing is like <laughs> I, I don't hear anybody saying like or at least Elden ring fans like not that we need to compare everything to Elden ring but like god of war ragnarok for instance like that game i saw a playthrough i didn't watch it but on youtube that was like under 20 hours and like, I'm going to get the platinum and I don't know, it's certainly not going to take me 60 hours to do so. And that game feels like complete and I'm excited to get back to it. Whereas like Horizon Forbidden West, it was arduous for me to get that platinum. Like it was, it took effort. A slog, so, but a, but a, a good, good beautiful, game. fun yeah. slog. Yeah. Awesome. An honorable mention. An honorable mention, some might say. Uh, Angie, how about you? What was your honorable mention for the year? Um, so I, I think it technically came out last, no, 2021, so not 2022. 
Um, but I had a really fun time playing Super Mario 3D with Bowser's Fury in it as well. Those two together. Um, it's just really fun, and it's a different... I just like the 3D aspect. It was it being um, Super Mario fan from playing it way back in the day, right? It was a different take on how you would view the world when you're playing it. So it's it's pretty fun. I just actually started um, the Bowser's Fury part of it. Oh no way! So this is just based off of Super Mario 3D World. More yeah, or less. more more I or think less. That's yeah, a, a really great game and like. Mm-hmm. I had wild times playing co-op with that on the Wii U when it first came out. And so just the fact that it's on Switch where like more people will be able to discover it and get to experience what I think is a really great Super Mario game is delightful. And it is like a kind of more unique, you know, I, it's like that in 3D land to have that weird isometric like pulled out diagonal camera view. It's, it's kind of unique in the series like that as you were yeah. saying. Awesome. I'm excited to hear what you think about Bowser's Fury once you get into that, because honestly, I almost bought the game again just to check out Bowser's Fury, even though I like got my fill of 3D World when I first had it. So want to hear more about that. James, I think you alluded to your honorable mention earlier. Would you care to unveil to take us beyond the veil and show my, us what my honorable about. mention is God of War Ragnarok. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you are gonna start a war here. Okay. <laughs> he is the God of War, the God of Flame uh, Wars. My honorable mention is Pokemon Violet. I could be Scarlet too. I just never played Scarlet. I don't know even know what that game is like. But no, I played Pokemon Violet. Fantastic. It's one of the best Pokemon games I've ever played. It is just riddled with lots of little inconsistencies like pop-ins, pop-outs, graphical errors, random shutdowns. It is riddled with problems that very similarly uh, Cyberpunk had. However, the problems are still playable and enjoyable despite those problems. Thus, like I found it quite di- a different experience. Um I think it was just a like, I think they could have done more optimization. I think there are games that run perfectly fine on that switch that are just as large. I do understand that Pokemon have like 400 different little characters that have to specially animate and have all these little things. But I think they tried to rush a game out way too fast um, just to fit it in a time frame that they wanted. So I was, that's the only disappointment. Other than that, I think it was a fantastic addition to the, uh, to the series so it's my honorable mention just because i played the absolute heck out of it and i know my fiance is still playing the absolute heck out of it as she like grinds out every shiny in the game um she's not really she's just picking the ones she wants but she's got like i think well into like over 30 shinies right now and Are they uh, streamline that or something Oh yeah, they're, they're like like not in such a way that it is broken, but it is easily the best, the easiest game to get shinies in, just because of the amount of Pokemon you can you can see they're shiny in the like overworld, so mm-hmm. you can and the amount of like speed you travel throughout that world that you can cycle through hundreds of Pokemon in minutes, right? And just by cruising around the world, I think. I found more random shinies than I've ever like than I've ever found in my life, right? So like, uh, she's found like half a dozen 
random shinies and not the ones she's trying to look for. And it, it's it's cool. It's that's amazing. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, honorable mention Pokemon. Wonderful. Well, that does it for honorable mentions, except for but, me. Yeah. What about me? What about you? My honorable mention goes to Unsighted. I've talked about it a lot on the show this year. Um, I thought it was a delightful indie game with really fun in-depth combat, a really fun kind of like pseudo action RPG system. I'm a sucker for a game that lets me put a chip in a thing to (laughs) character abilities. They have a whole chip system. Um, And it would have ended up higher and I would have had to break my 2022 purity if not for just a brutal difficulty spike in an already hard game at the very end for the final boss. <laughs> like, um, I've talked about how it reminds me of Mega Man X or Mega Man games, I think, a lot. And <laughs> I don't know if James, James knows, but just the, the final boss of every Mega Man game I've ever played is like mind-numbingly harder than everything that came before it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this game is no different. So, so that's what kind of kept it out of my top of my list. Um, but an amazing game that I would recommend anyone play because it has really good accessibility and difficulty options, including an invincibility mode that I used to beat the game. So unsighted, honorable mention with that, it's time for our top games of the year. Now you might say, Chris, why not top five? Why not top 10? Who needs a number? We just are (laughs) going to say what are our top games of the year? Um, and since I'm talking, I'm going to go first because I'm pretty sure no one else played this game or has it on their list. My number five game of 2022 is a little indie game, I think made by one person called Vampire Survivors. Oh, yeah. Did anyone else play this game? Yeah. Yes. James, wonderful. Yeah. Love the thumbs up. John, were you saying, yeah, you had checked yeah, it out? Yeah, I did. Yep. So um, I think this game is real good. Um it starts out so simple. It's so deceptive. I thought there was going to only be one screen. If It feels a little bit like saying a spoiler to say there's more than one map you can play on, which I, I the whole time I played it on the PC, I didn't know, but then it, it came to Game Pass on Xbox. I picked my save up immediately from where I was on the PC, and my girlfriend and I just fell into it. We're talking passing the controller back and forth on 30 minute runs for (laughs) way too late into the night. I've been like pranking my friends by having them play it and then gifting them it on steam so that they have it and have to play it. Like it's a virus that's haunting them around their gaming. Like it's the first game since geometry wars retro evolved, or maybe guitar hero where I want people to come over so I can make them play it because it's so pick up and play with it literally having no buttons, basically. It's just the control stick and then saying yes to things. Um, And it's also just saying yes to things, the game. But I think uh, it has a deceptive amount of depth in terms of just all the things you can unlock, all of the combinations you can do. Um, I would love to hear, John or James, if you have any thing you want to say about vampire survivors but just while it's in the discussion but i i is it on either of your lists i should have asked it's not on my list but i no, did thoroughly no. enjoy what i played of it it was like i for for what it was like i honestly played the beta like the um the not full version sure, for sure. a long long like the free uh online version and i played 
the absolute shit out of it and then found out that there's more than one map there's more than like eight characters uh and there's a whole bunch of different abilities that were available in like the two dollar version that you have to pay for and so i bought it and uh still never like i just played so much of that one map that i felt Mm. like i haven't done enough on this map to justify moving to the next one and i still haven't beat the the end boss of that map and he keeps kicking my ass. So anyway, so I just never ended up getting around to it, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great game. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, man. I just never, I didn't play enough really to have an opinion of it other than this is fantastic. And I'm Chris, I could totally see where you would sit there and just play over and over and over and over again. Cause it's super addictive and like you finish a run and you're like, Oh, I could have just done black. And like you jump right back into the next one. So yeah, yeah, it's a well, great game. And it feels a lot less bad doing that when it's a little bit more of a spectator sport where you have like a, a group of people who are like, Oh, Oh, go for this, go for that. Instead of it. Like for me, like the first time I played it, I was just me and my computer. And I was like, I could sit here forever. And that would be very isolating. <laughs> Anyways, up next, uh, John, what was your number five or, or you know, your first game you want to shout out here for our top games of the year list? Uh, I picked Roller Drome for my number Roller five, Drome. which if you, is this only on PlayStation? I think it might be. Anyway, you're, it, be it has this PC. retro, yeah, perhaps. It has this retro style where you're like, um, kind of like in a roller derby kind of thing on roller skates but you also have guns and you shoot things. Um, and it's like a futuristic future sport. Um, and yeah, you just go around and jump and do, you try to do tricks. So it's like a mixture of Tony Hawk, but imagine Tony Hawk with robots and bad guys attacking you and shooting, trying to shoot them at the same time. And you try to like increase your combos by, uh, doing new tricks, doing different tricks, not repeating the same tricks and then also shooting people at the same time. So I know it got pretty hardcore with the leaderboards and stuff online. Um, and I'm sure people are still chasing after it. I know James played it too. And we were talking about it. It, it does have, it's kind of like what you were talking about with unsighted where it has a huge difficulty spike and it gets really hard, but luckily the accessibility on it, um, lets you kind of tone that stuff down to where pretty, uh, tailored too, where you can i think you can reduce the amount of uh damage you take by a specific percentage and that kind of thing so that helped me kind of reach the end of it um but yeah great game if you give it a or if you come across it it's worth a shot it's one of the coolest looking games of the year and i got very Mm. jealous when i saw it was only coming to playstation and steam yeah it (laughs) is i don't really play pc games like that but I would love it to come on Xbox. Anyways, it's like Tony Hawk Pro cool. Shooter with uh, graphics of 13. Sure. I, I also pick up on a little bit of Sable in terms of like the background yeah. behind me of Sable. Up next, Angie, what do you have at the bottom of your list? Come back to me when you guys get to three. <laughs> Sounds good. James, you're number five. I chose live a live for or live alive. I don't. I still don't know. Live alive. <laughs> live alive. Five live alive. alive. Uh, anyway, I, five alive is in five. Live alive. 
is in five um is in fifth place for me i think it's an absolutely fantastic rpg i know it didn't originally come out this year but the remake the remastered like version came out this year and it's a fantastic style right pardon me it's in the hd 2d or whatever yeah 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 the the octopath traveler style and it is a fantastic little rpg it's an anthology rpg so you're playing uh, essentially like seven or eight mini RPGs, which are about an hour to three hours long, depending on uh, which story. Some of them are longer. Some of them are shorter. Some of them have zero combat in them. Uh, some of like, and it's they all all your characters level up at different rates and stuff like that. It was a very cool way of like telling uh, a story. And then uh, it's got a I'm not going to spoil it, but it's got a surprise final act that uh it's not just like what like the the trope you'd expect. The final act is like you play a completely different character, but what happens afterwards is phenomenal, and I absolutely loved it. It's where I fell in love with the game because everything was really good and enjoyable, but it was the uh, the final act that really was like, wait a minute, this is this is not what I was expecting, and uh, it went above and beyond. Uh, what uh, what I was expecting out of uh, a simple little RPG like that. So uh, Live Alive, if you like RPGs, give it a play. It is a fantastic game. Live Alive at five. I did not get a chance to play that this year. I was very hyped about it when I saw it. And I Elden Ring, Elden Ring just ruined my year. Uh, but you know what's ruining my life? My number four game of the year, Marvel Snap. <laughs> It's the first mobile game in a real long time where I had to put a time limit on my phone, and that's all I'm going to say. So Marvel Snap is my number four game of the year. Did anyone else check this out? Yes. Yeah, I played a bit of it. I know James James and I talked about how cool Moon Knight is and discarding. I mean, and... that's that's just in general. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we also talked about how cool Moon Knight is in general. Um, John, how much of Marvel Snap did you play? Did you enjoy what you checked out of it? Yeah, again, man, it's like card games have never really been my jam. Like uh, even Hearthstone, like I, that game is very has a low barrier to entry. And I think one of the best things about um, this Marvel game is that it's the same. It's similar in that it has a low barrier to entry. I would um, say too too low of a barrier to entry almost. Oh really? Yeah, it's, I didn't. I played maybe thirty minutes to an hour total. Over yeah. and I, it's not that I disliked it. It's just like you. I don't know. The only card game I've ever played and enjoyed is Inscription, um, and I still need to give Slay the Spire a choice or a chance. But um, yeah, it's not a not to besmirch the game. It's more of my not your personal genre. taste. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Uh, well. Speaking of personal taste, John, what's your number four game? Oh, snap. Um, Marvel snap. Again, uh, didn't necessarily come out this year, but I Cyberpunk 2077, I played the PS5 version. Um, and I will probably go back and do some of the DLC, maybe even like later this week um, or next week, because I think it's awesome that they keep throwing stuff at it. And I know it had a tumultuous launch and that kind of thing, but that doesn't really uh, lend to like the work that people put into it. 
Um, so I kind of look at it as the game it is now and the world just in general, walking around that world and seeing how different everything was like, there's, it's like every single asset was different from everything. You know, you like approach a tree in, uh, Assassin's Creed and it's the same tree that you've seen everywhere. Like this was, everything was so bespoke, um, that I was awesome and the story was good. Um, so yeah. Great game. Amazing. What a what a turnaround. What a comeback story. Cyberpunk 2077, the comeback kid. Mm. Um, I played a decent amount of it on PC, but yeah, I don't know. Didn't I I have not checked it out since any of the patches, so maybe maybe yeah. next year. Maybe twenty can't imagine the year of <laughs> the year of Chris only playing open world RPGs and playing Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk, and that's it. <laughs> yeah i'm sure you won't tell what's the other one coming out starfield oh uh breath of the wild oh <laughs> not heard of it yeah <laughs> <Not> no. just... <laughs> what <laughs> anyways <laughs> can you tell my list is made up of games that aren't giant open world games so far <laughs> um speaking of not giant open world games james what do you got for number four? Number four, um, I chose Pentiment, and uh, it's a testament to how much I love Obsidian. Uh, Pentiment is a fantastic game that blew my mind. As soon as I saw it, I knew I wanted to play it because it's like the art style of the illuminated manuscripts or whatever. So it's down in that Middle Ages style, and, and it takes place in that era, and you play an artist uh, basically doing his, like, c- creating his masterpiece. and. And uh, what is beautiful about the game is like you get to choose like features about your character. And other than that, it's like a point and click adventure. You choose your dialogue trees, which Obsidian is so famously known for. Like they're fantastic story writing, dialogue writing. Um, There's a bit of humor in it. Like it's it is funny, but it is like a story drenched in tragedy. So you're essentially solving a murder and it's told in three acts and the first act is the first whole murder and then you proceed to go on and come back uh into the second act like seven years later and you deal Mm. with the repercussions of your involvement in solving that murder so you get a lit like a laundry list of characters that you can kind of blame and point the finger to and regardless of whether you're right or wrong uh whoever you choose to get the axe at the end of the day or whoever's information you give enough to uh to convict you have to deal with like the the pain and sorrow of like various characters throughout the world that you've already met in that town when you return seven years later and i think it's just phenomenal like dealing with like like certain characters just hate you or they they just get like so enraged and they can't handle and you can't get valuable information you need out for like the current event uh and it's just so cool how they make you kind of like take like literally literally take sort of like responsibility for the actions that you take and it's there's no right or wrong answers it's just about trying to figure out how to diffuse horrible situations in a in a time where you can't just use logic and reason reason because the church is so prevalent uh mm. it's really fantastic it is an absolutely great game um all three acts are great 
the third act kind of had me like, I'm not really sure what's like what to expect because it goes completely like using the same characters and whatnot, but it just goes like in a completely different direction, but it is a fantastic little bow on the end of the, uh, um, the little package story. Uh, it's probably, I don't know, 10 hours, absolutely the tops. If you're trying to like do everything, um, I strongly recommend it. It is definitely on my list of games to play. I have it downloaded. I just haven't played it yet. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Angie, now that we are at number three, I would like you to enlighten us with your number three game of the year. I do want to pause everyone and say, if someone's game shows up higher on your list, tell them not today and we'll discuss it when it comes up on your list. Okay. So with that, Angie, your number three game. Um, so hard to choose which of the few games I played would be like three, two, or one. Um, I'm going to say number three is high on life. Okay. For me. It you is, were high on this game. I remember you being very excited about it when it first dropped. It is. It's a great game. Um, it feels more like, yes, it's a game, um, and they do fairly well with the bosses so far, or um, I guess bounties is what you would call them. But it it feels kind of like a prolonged movie almost instead and I love the crude humor, though, too. That's right up my alley. Um, <laughs> and I did I did post some um, clips of me playing it. Like, in the beginning of said game, towards the beginning of the game, um, you have a choice to kill a kid or not. But he's technically 33, so not a kid, but kid in their species, I guess, or I'm their 33. race. 33? I'm a kid. Right? <laughs> So, so um, it is very interesting, very fun. The the weapons are not your normal weapons, which I found very interesting. The colors are phenomenal in the game. More colors than I found in a lot of other games. But um, I, I don't know. It wasn't a top game, but it was very fun. I very, I very much like it. Colorful and colorful humor. Yes. All around. That sounds like a fun combination. I love it. It's a good game. I like it. Yeah. Awesome. Next up, I think, is me based on the rotation I've been doing. Um, tell me, tell me. My number three game is Immortality. Did anyone else play this? No. What are you doing, you fools? Um, so... Uh, Immortality is one of uh, Half Mermaid, Sam Barlow's studio's games. Uh, if people are familiar with Sam Barlow, he did like Telling Lies and Her Story, games that I have not played. So part of me thinks the magic trick worked better on me because I'm not used to doing this kind of found footage style game. It's my first exposure to it. So I think it's like potentially more impactful. But that being said, um, you are 
a researcher who's given a moviola, which is a device that people use to review old school film footage and scrub left and right through it and play clips of films. And you are tasked with solving the mystery of what happened to uh, Maru, Marissa Marcel, I think is her, the actress's name in the game. Uh, what what happened to her to make her quit acting? What made her leave this field? She only ever made three movies and you're given all of the clips of the three movies as well as all of the behind the scenes footage to try and piece together and figure it out. Um, and as soon as you click on one of those pieces of footage, all of the rest disappear and you are tasked with figuring out the links between them to get them to all reappear and understand what happened to her. And they're, that's that. It's one of the coolest games I've ever, I've ever played. Um, I'm a bit of a film dork, so I was a mark for it. I think the production design is incredible and in their ability to recreate these three different eras and types of movies with the accuracy they did is mind boggling. And I think it's a game that literally everyone can and everyone should try checking out with the caveats of the content warnings that the game has in its menu, which I think is really cool. Um, so yeah, I think immortality is, I was flirting with putting it higher. Let's put it that way. But, um, and it has a moment that will literally probably stay with me for the rest of my life. So can't say that about many video games. So yeah, my number three is Immortality. Up next, John, your number three. Yeah, um, Ender Lilies, which I played on my Switch. It is a fantastic 2D platformer, uh, Metroidvania, so 100% in my wheelhouse. Nice. And that's probably why I really enjoyed it. But you're basically this ghost girl and you control these uh spirits and you can every spirit you unlock has a different type of power and you can set them to different buttons and thus uh get different areas but it's exactly imagine any other metroidvania from as far as like the navigation goes and that kind of thing so but it's set kind of like uh uh renaissance era Reminded me a lot of like uh, Bloodborne with like it's kind of like dark overarching themes and stuff like that. But um, very cool. Great music. Good game. Nice. I think every time I see the art for it, I'm like, oh, that looks like a game I'll like. So now you've just put it on my radar. Yeah. I mean, I love 2D platformers. So if you don't, then... I wouldn't recommend it, but I, it is great. It's it holds up. The art is just. Uh, I was the same way, man. I saw the art and I was like, "Ooh, that looks like something I would enjoy." And it it holds up. Nice, nice, nice. James, what is your number three video game of the year, twenty twenty two? My number three, I believe, lands on somebody else's list. What do I do, master? of the chair oh yeah go ahead and tell us what it is and then that All person right. can say sorry hi and then i say go to hell <laughs> <laughs> okay my game of the year much to john's chagrin is god of war no my, my number three game of the year god of war ragnarok um so i just yeah i just chose it oh, for yeah. number three because it was all right but it wasn't as good as the other two games so <clears throat> yeah. And we'll talk yeah. about it when oh. it is on John's list. 
So how about that? <laughs> I thought you said I thought you meant like the other two God of War games, and I was like, oh, there's only one. Which two? Dude, there's yeah. like four of them. There's one for the PSP. There's one, oh, there's one two, and four. three. <laughs> I don't Just know. The, the three God of War games: God of War, Chains of Olympus on the PSP, God <laughs> of it. War, and God of War. I'm only going to play God of War games this year just so that next year I can <laughs> annoy James. Top five list my whole be God of War. <laughs> exactly. Oh, incredible. And and none of them will be God of War Ragnarok because it was on your list last year. You'll just do the other five. Damn right. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So I think that brings us back to Angie for her number two game. Of 2022. Yeah, man. Um, I'm going to say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. TMNT at two. I really, I really liked it. Um, brought me back. I loved how they kept the music for it, but and, and kept the feel of, you know, the other games, right? And of the, the movies, basically. But, yeah, it, it was just overall fun. It, it gets a little aggressive in the online play because you can have, like, four or five people and you're like, where did I go? I have no idea. But besides that, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It, it I think it pulled at my nostalgia heartstrings, so I just kind of, like, had to sneak that in there. Nice. I really want to get people together to do couch co-op with it, like very badly. I have not. I'm down. I have not checked it out yet, but if, online yeah. co-op close enough. Yeah. The online is just so nice to be able to do that, and it's like yeah. I know it's just I played it on stream and literally had viewers jumping in to play with me as we played through the game, and it was, it's fun. It's such a good. It, awesome. You, Angie is a hundred percent. It's a blast of the past. It's it's tugging on all the nostalgia of the '90s cartoon, combined with like the nostalgia of the games like Turtles in Time and Manhattan Project, and and they just it just plays so well. Amazing. Yeah. TMNT at number two. My number two is Elden Ring, the game of the year, 2022. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is this on anyone else's list he asked being able to see the list it's on yes it's on my but you guys list. have it in the same spot it's we in do. number so, two for me too well, yeah. well Elden ring love fest just yeah like, let's do it <laughs> let's have like what is it like four months of the mostly normal gamers podcast is just james and chris gushing about Elden ring yeah go, go listen to the <laughs> and then john feeling bad that you're not gushing with him about god of war ragnarok I mean, here's the thing. That game came out at the end of the fucking year. (laughs) Elden Ring took me the whole year to beat, basically. Um, I don't know. How many games can be... It took me like 160, 140 hours to beat. And I was continually challenged. I was continually awed by the spectacle and the beauty of the things I was being shown and the just visceral disgust of the things that they show you in this game. And uh, some of the most metal shit I've ever seen in my entire life happens in this game. You know? There's, yeah. It, it is. What is the, it? Godwin the Grafted? Yeah. 
You're telling me that shit that happens at the sec in the cutscene isn't the most metal shit you've ever seen in your life? You're telling me an ulcerated tree spirit isn't one of the most disgusting creatures you've ever had to fight and also a big pain in your ass? You play Dursals, Tavia? You've seen the gaping dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, anyway, I, I yeah, no, I, I completely I, agree. I, Elden Ring is phenomenal and it is the only thing keeping it from like my top tier list is one, some other game stole my heart. Two, it was just too long. And I know some people that's like a major plus, but it's just like when you play over 100 hours and you find out you're only halfway through the game, it's uh, oh, <laughs> really? That was, that was oh, <laughs> yeah, I. I think um, I think the pacing is fine. Oh, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I just think it's too much game. Yes, 100%. That is that is very accurate. I would have let, like, I had, I've said it before, but I've had to, I had to completely, they, they have a way you can respec your character entirely. And I had to entirely respect my character halfway through the game because it was the length of the time that I'd do a whole playthrough of, like, a normal Souls game. And... I was bored of the character because it's I just by this time I would be replaying it and trying something new and refreshing it. So I ended up respecting my character re like leveling up a whole bunch of gear just so I could be a new character and experience that from that point onwards. It is nice that they're very generous with your ability to do that. I yes. Respect for story reasons because I came across a very specific weapon that I'd like needed to finagle a few stats to be able to use. Mm. But um, I don't know. I, I think to circle back to your like, it's the game of the year in terms of like capturing the zeitgeist in the conversation. Like, I pay a Patreon fee to listen to the Bonfireside Chat crew talk about Elden Ring every week, and they're going week by week, just talking about a section of the game. And I think very few games can involve that level of like close dissection. And Elden Ring is one of them. Um, and I don't know, there's some crazy stories in that game. They got a snake lady. Spoiler alert. There's a snake. She's a lady. Doesn't it? It, it kind of mixes the art styles from... Uh... Demon Souls and Dark Souls and Bloodborne a little bit, doesn't it? Yes, it very much does. There's a lot of inspiration of like because Bloodborne's heavily built off of the inspiration of like Lovecraftian lore. Mm. It's a lot of like eldritch monsters and stuff like that in a gothic style city. But the traditional Dark Souls games and even uh, Demon Souls have been dominantly like fantasy, like medieval fantasy with like knights and um so what they've done is they've blended the two of them together. So you've got eldritch horror monsters combined with dragons and and your typical like Western fantasy. It's like this unique blend that you've never you can't really describe like having like people like Godric the Grafted alone is just a like, what if we just added more limbs and <laughs> they went to town with that idea? Um, but like it's it's phenomenal like the art style is whoever designed half of these creatures is is a mad is a madman and a genius and should be locked up but like there there's just phenomenal work put in yeah 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 
John, what's your number two game? Uh, shoot, I, now I forgot. Uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Lands. Oh shit! Yeah, man. It uh was that on anybody else's list? It's not on my list, but well, I played the demo mm-hmm. just like a month or two ago, and that game is fun, dude. That game is like pure joy just injected into your veins. It's just like all these happy things happen over and over again. The soundtrack is amazing. I think I I remember I was recording it and messaging you guys when I was playing it in bed one night because it was just like this music is like just so joyful. It's just happy all the time. So mouthful mode is joyful. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Like, I think that's like a very like silly, lighthearted, fun, playful thing to have be in your game. Dude, it you know? is. And it, like, it seems like stuff where you're like, oh, that'd be, that's a childish thing that like a five year, like my son will think of funny. And it's like, yeah, he will. And so do you. Like, you also think it's hilarious because it is funny. Um, and they drop that stuff all the time, man. So um, that's a great game. Was at my uh, number one spot for a long time. I nearly till the end of the year based on my powers of deduction, John. <laughs> and speaking of powers of deduction, Angie, it's time for your number one game of 2022. Are you ready to drop some knowledge on us? I get to say first what my first is. You get to say first what your first is. I feel so humbled and excited. My mom? Right. Um, okay, I'm gonna say my my pick again. This is because of these are the games that I have played. My pick is Tunic for Game of the Year. Woo! <laughs> it's also mine. I fucking love that game. So good it's for you guys. Such a great game. I can't. <laughs> I don't know. I I. With um, James mentioning when, you know, it came out, you should play it, you should play it. Little James got in my ear. <laughs> As he is wont to do. Mm-hmm. That's what my fiance so tells thought, me. I, <laughs> I played it, and I was like, damn it, he's so right, it's so good. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just such a good game. The... The art, the the music, when music can be repetitive, it can sometimes get annoying depending on how it's played. But it's not; it's just so comforting. I feel like even the monsters, you're like, "Oh, monster!" But you're so cute. <laughs> I don't know. It was really good. It's such a homage to what it was like to play Legend of Zelda for the first time. It's yes. such a it just takes you back to being like a child who can barely read playing video games for the first time and falling in love with video games. And it's a love letter to that era of gaming. And I can understand why uh, a lot of kids playing it nowadays would not understand it. They don't understand having the physical like manual with you at all times with your little notes in the notes section oh, yeah. of all the passcodes or the cheat codes that you've learned or or, or on the map or the map that comes with it like that mm-hmm. like we used to get like when you bought a final fantasy game you ca- it came with the map in it and all of the monsters and their stats on the back like yeah. it's 
it is such an homage to that era. And like, there's some puzzles in that game that are just mind blowing. You literally have to decipher a language as one of the puzzles in that game. And it's not a chore. Like it's love it. Absolutely love that game. Um, We've talked to about it ad nauseum on previous episodes, but yeah. Yeah. It was, it's so, it's just so good though. And yeah, you said it more eloquently than I, but yes, <laughs> it's such, it's just such a great game. I, Chris, I could you, not put it as number one. Did you play it at all, Chris? I played the demo. Oh, What's okay. wrong with you? No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> here's the at thing. At least you did that. If I hadn't accidentally finally started Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE Encore, a Persona-like game for the Nintendo Switch, I would be working my way through my backlog of goatee contenders, all of which appear on this list, minus Norco, which is the one that I actually tried to start. So You need to put Tunic a little bit higher on your list. I heard, no, for next I heard, I heard Norco's short, though. I heard it's short. Tunic's pretty short. I did it in a week. We, we, me and my fiancé sat on the couch, and we literally we had pads of paper and for all of the little puzzles and That's like so it was like it, we just sat there for like uh the two days and we we played tu- through tunic and that was it like it was one weekend but it was an absolute fantastic little adventure so and, you're telling uh, me that i have to put these high school pop idol dreamers dreams on pause and go play tunic yeah it doesn't yep. matter play tunic yep. all right all right <laughs> i'll put my idol career on pause and go play tunic <laughs> Dude, I played a good bit of it, and I couldn't tell you for the life of me what, why I never finished it. Oh, like man. I, I, like I thought it was equally as enchanting. Well, clearly I didn't, because I otherwise I probably would have gone back and played it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's so weird because you're right. It's there are so many great things about that game, and it's definitely, uh, I don't know. It uh, deserves its praise for sure. Certainly over fucking Stray, man. Give me a break. Oh fuck. <laughs> Give me a break. I'll tell nobody, you what nobody or cats I'll tell have. you the independent <laughs> game of the year in just a moment, everyone. Yeah. It's Tunic. It's Tunic. We just talked about it. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, I got a little indie up my sleeve here in a second. <laughs> I think technically it's my turn, but I'm confused because <laughs> everything's out of order now that we're talking at the same time. Yeah. Uh, my number one I game have... of the year is Citizen Sleeper. It made me cry, and I cried while reading text on a video game screen. And I can talk about why. It, it's yeah, about, talk about it. how work and the need to work to live when your body is giving out on you fucking sucks. And it's specifically like a story about disability. I don't have a disability, but I have plantar fasciitis and I played it while I was baristaing and on my feet all day. And so it just caused an existential crisis that now makes me talk to people about how their body holds up while they work or throughout their careers. So it's literally changed my life. I talked to hairdressers about how their hands hold up. My aunt showed me her hand. Her hand is deformed from cutting hair for her whole life. Mm-hmm. The way we work, what we do while we work impacts our bodies and changes our, ourselves. And this game hit me at the perfect time to learn that lesson. 
So that's why it's my game of the year. I absolutely love that. And that's why I advocate for people, especially for people, not really advocate, but I just encourage people, especially with a lot of people remote working to get up like every so often as much as you can and just do something not in the chair as much as possible. I don't have those working desks now, though. I don't know if I can walk on a treadmill and do typing and coding and stuff. Oh, wow. My brain would melt. Um, yeah. But yeah, Citizen Sleeper is my number one game of the year. Um, ask me on a different day, and it could have been Immortality. Ask me on another day, it could have been Elden Ring. I, I think it was an amazing game year of games. Um, ask me ask me in the middle of a Marvel Snap binge, and I'll tell you my game of the year. <laughs> I'll ask you when you're done playing Tunic. Yeah. Yes, follow-up episode <laughs> in six months when it when I finally finish that game. What is the real game of the year? Um, and speaking Chris's of... Chris's 2023 game of the year, Tunic. <laughs> um, and speaking of John's answer to the real game of the year, 2022, John, what have you got on your list? Uh, God of War Ragnarok. Who would have known? God of video games Ragnarok? It's yes. weird <laughs> It's weird that you chose like the third best game that came out this year for you. <laughs> I just, I just, that game is a masterpiece. I know it was on your list. That was, that was good. Yes. Um, it is. So, so anyway, yeah, please don't spoil this game. Cause I will play it eventually. I just have to bite the bullet and play it on PS4. Cause I don't know when I'm getting a PS5. Yeah. Or you could wait till it comes out on PC like next year, probably or something. I just would not play that long of a game on my PC, I don't think. Yeah. You know what? Like, in retrospect, I think that was my problem with Tunic. And I know we're not talking about Tunic anymore, but I, I'm just going to talk about it for Whoa. a quick second. But you can't help second. it. Yeah. We're going backwards. It's my bad. I can edit it and put this in. I won't, but I could if but I But you could. <laughs> Move this to the appropriate don't spot. Do us dirty. Just so you know. Uh, but I think I was playing Tunic on my PC or my laptop. And I think that's why it's hard for me, too, man. I'm with you. It's just yeah. like if you're a console gamer it's hard to play not on a console yeah, yeah controller's better than cord and board easy Ooh, uh shots fired god of war ragnarok <laughs> you you talk about it but uh, i try not to spoil things as there is a ragnarok in it <laughs> 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 there is a like the characters are impeccably written and acted like it is like you're watching a movie you it's like the graphics are discernible from a movie, obviously, but there are certain points where the facial animations and the voice acting match up so perfectly. And you are so in depth with what the characters are saying and doing and their exact personality and their motivations behind what they're doing. And they're so well cast. Like it is just freaking phenomenal. All the characters, every single one of them is well written and well acted and well animated. I don't. Would you agree, James? Or oh, a hundred percent. I've we've talked about it on previous shows that yeah. I think Kratos is one of like is phenomenal in what he doesn't say, but I think I think there's an there's gotta you gotta give credit to one particular character. I think that I think stood out as also having like a pretty significant side story in this game, but like the dwarves were such like such a powerful like dynamic like in the first game they were involved 
and like you reunite the dwarves and and they become like kind of your your helpers they they build your weapons and stuff like that but they have such more involvement in this story this time around to a point that like they really have like you really get to understand their like their personalities and their flaws and oh like just so cool the developments that they went through and like uh yeah i i think the, if it wasn't for the fact that this is the year that Elden Ring came out, mm-hmm. God of War Ragnarok is a top tier game that should be on everybody's must play list. Like it is just obviously played the first one because like it's it's a continuation of a story, um, and the story is so good. Like it just I didn't think that you could get better than god of war 2018 which is a game that made me go oh i actually give a shit about kratos yeah um to god of war ragnarok they're just like wow this this world they've created is so fucking good that i'm gonna be like absolutely heartbroken when we inevitably leave the the norse lands right like when we leave we're gonna be leaving the midgard asgard um land of yggdrasil um yeah. we're taking it, on the christians and then <laughs> he's killed all the other gods you're next coming for you jesus um he's yeah. gonna be born again anyway <laughs> all right then i'm just kidding i don't think he is actually doing that but yeah great two thumbs up to God of War Ragnarok. It's a great game. Okay. With that, I think Tunic is our show's game of the year because of its score and its placement. And uh, yeah, cool. Uh, question of the week to the audience. What was your game of the year? And what did we miss? What, why are we wrong? Tell us, tell us to eat crow. Where, you know, why are we not playing Horizon Forbidden West? Is that your game of the year? Tell me more. Tell me more. Um, How do you feel about being wrong, listener? (laughs) How do you feel about hanging out and listening to people who you think are wrong? What does that do to your psychology? (laughs) That's going to do it for the show today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for Game of the Year this year. I'm excited for what 2023 has in store. You can find us on Twitter at Podcast. John, where can people find you? Uh, at Johnny Samsonite on Twitter and at I'm on Nugtats on all the other things. Nice. Angie. At Stella Smalls. Stella Smalls. Just put the R in there. James, what about your socials? You can find me at Butlord Primus on Twitch, Hive, co host. Uh, what else is there? Instagram. <laughs> I, and you can also watch me stream games poorly at uh, BLP Entertainment on Twitch. Wonderful. I am at VG Occasion on Twitter, but I am on a hiatus. I deleted Twitter from my phone. You can contribute to the content if you would like by sending an email to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com or messaging us on our Twitter accounts. 
You can sign up for the Mostly Normal Monthly newsletter, which I am eager to start writing for. I'm refreshed and renewed with vigor to try and write about video games for 2023. That's going to be at mngamers.substack.com. And lastly, please leave us a five-star review on your podcatcher or podcast listening platform of choice. Thank you. It helps spread the show around and grows our audience. With that, I'm going to say goodbye so I can go to bed because it's my bedtime because I'm a cranky <laughs> old man. Bye. Happy to say. Bye. Bye. Toodaloo.